Welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I'm Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today we explore the track Brahms Away from Longboat's most current release, Album 21. And sweet people, I will tell you this straight off. There is no deeper meaning to this song. It is just all... it. it It serves as a vehicle for bombast, and that's what you get. And this is one of the better string arrangements that I've done ever, and I really like this song. And it's also a favorite of my wife's, too. It is, is, in short, a song about using the music of Brahms as an offensive weapon. And deploying it against uh, untold thousands of heathen infidels that are that are invading your country and taking them out. It has nothing to do with any of the music of Brahms. There's no no closer study. There are no quotes. So this is not like a quadlibet or anything like that. This is just a a a very driving. I I wouldn't call it a march. Uh, maybe I would. I don't know. It's 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 a driving piece that builds and builds and builds. And because I have two verses in the beginning and those two verses just kind of explain things in general. And that's and then the rest are choruses and instrumental breaks. So you can't get into really deep storytelling. You can just say this is the situation and this is what we do. And then and then just let the song play out. Not everything is going to have deep meaning. Personally, I really like Brahms. He is he is one of my favorite composers, and that doesn't mean that that comes at the expense of disliking Wagner. I I I think the world of Wagner. I think you know. In addition to being a really terrible guy, uh, he was one, maybe the best orchestrator in history and one of the most visionary composers. Now, I know that people say, oh, yeah, his music is just long and it's really boring. And, you know, that's people who don't like Wagner talk like that. And, um, but no, I, I don't find that true. Uh, you, you do have to, if you dedicate yourself to appreciating it, and I know that sounds really grueling, but no, if you've, if you've watched Wagner operas enough, they start to, they have a rhythm to them. Uh, of course, I'm still Goethe Damerung is still one of those things that I'm. I sometimes I'm. Uh, I am not certain what comes next. I mean, it's five five and a half hours long. No, I should sing of von Nuremberg is six, but it does it. It it tells a very steady story, and uh, whereas there are lots of kind of uh, ambient passages in Goethe Dämmerung. And, of course, when you compare the two, Goethe Dämmerung is, is by far the superior work, uh, just in a music, in, in a, a sort of harmonic sense, and also uh, in, in just the, the fact uh, the storytelling sense, the end of this this four opera cycle, 
uh, the bombast to it, uh, the drama, and and all of these elements coming together. Whereas in comparison, Meister Singer von Nuremberg is nice, it's tuneful, uh, but it's kind of a playful romp uh, through uh, midi- late medieval uh, Germany. And so, yeah. But uh, I don't be afraid of either. They are they are wonderful. But anyhow, yes, I like Wagner and I like Brong, Brahms. Uh, I think that Brahms has written some of the best chamber music. Uh, he, he wrote some of the best chamber music of the 19th century. I know that he, he, since he was writing in the latter 19th century with all these harmonic in, innovations going on with... Wagner and, you know, orchestras becoming these, you know, these very, very powerful instruments that uh, he was seen as kind of old fashioned in the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't a very good orchestrator. Uh, And yes, but that is his style. He is, uh, one composition teacher once told me that, you know, when he always kind of, his colors are always kind of dark brown. Uh, Whereas, Wagner, the, the the really capable orchestrators, Wagner, Berlioz, Mahler, for example, Strauss, uh, Richard Strauss, uh, yeah, they they paint in Ravel. Also, let's not forget him. Uh, they they paint with a much wider palette. But I mean, who's going to Who's going to argue with me and say that Brahms's Third Symphony is not a masterpiece? I dare you. I dare you. But anyhow, so this is the current album. It is officially out now. This is the, I believe, the third tune I've, I featured. I back in politics, I I played Nixon times Nixon, because you know, of course, that was that's what how people. Uh, characterize the Trump regime as it's is you know it's there was always the question asked is this worse than Watergate and and you kept coming back with people saying yeah yeah this is this is way worse and that was just a Tuesday and finally and this is not my uh it's I did not coin the term but I heard somebody say, yeah, this is, it's not just Watergate, it's Nixon times Nixon. And uh, yeah, it's, it's about sort of the, the very freewheeling corruption and, uh, and perfidy of the Trump administration. And speaking of that, and I'm, I'm not going to give you any more details, but it is, other than it is a, on a related note here, that I have I finished writing lyrics for this current album. We are going to record in May, and it will be out probably in August. And uh, um, I, I would love it. I, lo- I would love for it to be out earlier. Uh, but I do have to learn these tunes, and I have to, you know, revise lyrics and everything like that. And as I'm revising lyrics, I am also working on the two albums that I am going to record in August, September. I, I haven't decided on that yet. There are a lot, there's a lot of revision that needs to be made. And since it's also for live band, I have to write out all the parts for 28 songs. 
So, you know, and, and also um, manage to encapsulate uh, in, in concise terms what I want each tune to sound like in, you know, you, you have to be general. You can't, you can't say, I want a C here and 14 bars later, I want a, I want you to play a D at right here. And yeah. And then worry about everything else in between. No, no, you have to, it, it, if you hear things that are, you know, if you hear things in your head, you have to be, you have to be, um, descriptive. You have to be able to describe them. And since I started recording, I am much better at it. Um, and I used to back back in the days when I was still recording my first couple of albums. What what I, what I would do, and this is just sounds, this will sound very socially awkward. But I would, if, if a player came in, you know, I I would help them with their their equipment. I would help their setup and everything like that. Most of the time they, they had their own routine, but they, they, every musician appreciates some, you know, for you to carry their gear in. And so, um, of course I would just, even before they were ready to play, I would say, Oh, this song that, that, you know, this track we're going to do first, I want you to do this on it. And of course, they're just like, okay, uh, wait for me to get set up. And the only, the reason why I did that is because I just did not want to forget about it because I was, I, this whole recording thing made me so nervous. I, I, and, and, you know, it's sort of, it's, I, the reason why it made me nervous is that if you miss that, and if you if you forget to say somebody to somebody what you want and it turns out differently and you dislike it you are stuck with it forever and so that was that was really kind of high on the priority list so i i'm sure i just came off as being this this sort of intense socially awkward guy uh, <laughs> saying oh yeah uh, could you just could you like um play chords here, play chords on the beat here, here. And it's just like, yeah, let me take my guitar out of its case. And <laughs> yes. So anyhow, anybody who, who, who got that socially, that worried socially awkward me, I apologize. I'm much better now. And, you know, this session for album 21, which took place uh, a year and a week ago, a week and a year ago in uh, 2020, right, this was the string session, as I've said before, was the last session that we had until June. It was on St. Patrick's Day. It was on the 17th of March, 2020, which was a Tuesday. And after that, the day after, on the 18th, the state shut down. It was very quiet around here, except for all the crazy people yell, uh, wandering around yelling. And to a certain extent, that's still kind of Belltown. It's very, very quiet here, still. And that is both a good and a bad thing. Uh, one of the reasons why I moved to Belltown was because, you know, Seattle is a sleepy town. No one will argue with you about that. Seattle is a mellow and sleepy town. I need something that isn't sleepy. I need some sort of 
pulse. I need some sort of energy. And I thought that this would be the most energetic sector of the city. And I uh, am a very rarely, uh, I very rarely feel that especially in the last year, but even before then, very, very rarely feel that. Um, and uh, most of the time, this is also a very, very low energy sector too. It, it is good because it's close to things that you want to do. If, you know, say we wanted to go see the Seattle Symphony, that is five blocks down the road. If we want to go to Act Theater, that's about, I don't know, like nine blocks but, you know, there's no symphony right now. There's virtual symphony and there's virtual opera and I think there's virtual ballet. It's not the same thing. Uh, and there, there's no theater. And But I'm hoping that theater will come back in a very, um, very strong fashion once, uh, once most people have become vaccinated. I have, my wife, lovely wife and I have still not been vaccinated. That's okay. We can wait. We'll wear our masks and, um, and you know, just hope that um, government competence continues, uh, continues apace, as they say. And, you know, you know that if... The election had gone a different way, and uh, the previous administration was in, in charge of vaccine uh, distribution. It would just be, you know, kicking a box of vaccine off the back of a truck and and driving on, you know, in the middle of the night at a hospital like emergency room entrance, and that would be it, because you know, they're 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 not they're not uh, you know in the medical distribution business. Actually they are. But, you know, that that was one of the things. It's like, yeah, we're not we're not in the medical equipment business. That's what they were saying last spring. So, you know, the it's up to the states to get all that stuff. Yeah. Anyhow. Um but my my mom just got her second shot of the Pfizer. So I'm I'm very happy that that she's got uh, she has her vaccination, and we'll see about um, my lovely wife and I. But, yes, and and the pandemic has been with us for a year, and it may be with us for a very long time after this, too, uh, because of the variants. And, of course, because there are a lot of, let's face it, Republican governors who want to see their population die um, so that, you know, businesses can do slightly better, slightly better. There is there is basically almost no, no difference if you have a pandemic spike and uh, during a fully open phase or if you have a partial, reasonable, common sense shutdown. Oh, yeah, I, I just, I'm just so tired of talking about these Republicans wanting to see people die um, and, and actually sort of relishing it by saying, well, you know, people, they, they, they say, oh, you know, people die all the time. Yeah, well, they're just dying of COVID now. But hey, look, you know, we're open for business. And then, of course, 
in in Florida, they're just it's it's the spring break situation is completely out of control. And honestly, if I was 20 years old, 21 years old, if I was just newly drinking aged, I would I would go wild in Miami too. Uh, it's you know it's like you've been cooped up for a year, and yeah, this is a chance to cut loose. I understand that, but oh my God, yeah, this is it's just it's it's lax rules meet dumb drunk people, and no good thing comes out of that. Uh, so where were we? <laughs> um, yes, a year with a pandemic. I am. Uh, I hope that things are going well for you. We're in spring of 2021 now. Uh, we have, you know, the the uh, the winter. The grip of winter has been has been shattered, and um, and now we're. It's spring where even on daylight savings time, it gets it gets dark at like uh, you know eight o'clock, and. I think I've mentioned this before, but you know, I am a winter person. I love it when it starts getting dark at 3.30 in the afternoon. I love the long nights. I love the cold weather. I love the this sort of dreary gloom of like December and January to a certain extent. I, I do get, I do miss that holiday season. So I have, there is a kind of lull that uh, besets me. But by February, I'm, you know, up and, doing things again uh in january I, I find it difficult to be motivated to do anything uh which is why i you know I, I worked on the very 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 preliminary uh stages of this album as in song starts in in january and uh and i don't really consider that writing music i that's just that's just doing song starts and that's not even creating an album because before this album that will be I'm talking about the one that's going to be recorded in May and released in August or September of this year um that there was it there were very tentative plans for a very long time and and I did not expect to actually finish this album i didn't expect to start it either um yeah but uh i and and just to give you uh, to, to paint in in broad strokes again uh january the events of january 6th inspired this and that's all i'm going to say right now but yes it is about very current events and um i really hope that it that it serves kind of as a chronicle, as as something, as a fur, as one person's impression of um, what led up to that. Anyhow, we are <laughs> we're listening to Brahms Away, and uh, let me just let me just roll it for you because yeah, it's it's a very rollicking tune, and I try to have at least one on this. Uh, on every strings album the the one um was the the one on album 14 was of course a barrel of laughs which is you know a crazy person um 
warning everybody that the world is ending and the devil's going to take over and all this stuff and you know and and of course he's he's completely sure of it and uh yeah that that's the first track on album 14 too and oh yeah that's that's bombastic but this i believe will take the prize for that all right so with rl higher on acoustic guitar um and then the string section is steve bryant tom zikonski garrett overcash on first violin um eugene bajanov and emily Choi on violin second violin Viola is Sue Jane Bryant and Virginia Zikonski and Chuck Jacot are on cello. It was engineered and mixed by Floyd Reitzma um, and mastered by the great Ed Brooks at Resonant Studios. And this has no Ryan Leva backup vocals, which is an oddity for a song this big. But no, uh, we just have... We just have, um, it's just me doing my own backing vocals. And I am also um, every other instrument in the orchestra. I am the tubby organ. I am the the very punchy bass. Uh, and I am the percussion section too. So uh, this is Brahms Away. <laughs> Chains. When the heathen swarmed the plains, 
Charge them with a string quintet When the outlook's dark as night When our hope disappears from sight We will fight another day It's Brahms away that was a satisfying romp i i you know it's it it started off with just the the tubby organ and i built it up from there and of course you know there there was just a verse and then i added a chorus and then the instrumental break and that's you know that kind of in this case, it helped that I didn't write the lyrics until everything was done because the form pretty much dictated the rest of the tune. And so, yeah, uh, and like I said, there is no deeper meaning here. Uh, it's just using, using the music of Brahms as an offensive weapon. I'm very, very happy with how this turned out. You know, with for lyrics, I always, I do the, well, if I'm 70% satisfied with them, then, you know, I can live with them. And I'd say that this is about, you know, 85%. I'm, I'm not trying to prove anything. It's just, this is just going to be uh, all hands on deck, uh, full speed ahead, sort of uh, sort of tune and not working for you know to unify humanity behind my message of kindness and tolerance so and especially this is not a very tolerant song um you know who are those heathens that i that that's who swarm the plane i don't know i don't know just invaders um army ants who knows Anyhow, uh, well, I hope you you enjoyed that, and I am gonna get out of your hair right now. Um, I have I have music to write, um, more or actually uh, lyrics to revise, and uh, and uh, arrangements to shore up, and then once that is done, I learn these songs, and um, this this album that I'm you know I I'm declining to speak about yet I'm speaking about. That took me about four weeks to write. And in contrast to the blues albums of that, that I recorded in uh, last year, um, this has 17 tracks on it. And 
those blues albums had between 10 and 12, those four albums they had, they had between 10 and 12. And I believe the first one, the one that started it all, the Woke Up This Morning Variations has 14 tracks on it. So this has 17 tracks and a lot of them are kind of longer and I'm a bit worried about the length, but you know, I, I think that will will be under what 74 minutes or whatever that whatever the length of the C, uh, CD is I think will probably be 70 minutes max I have I, I really haven't um, explored that but yeah it's not gonna I'm not going to make it into a double CD I, I will cut out verses I will cut out instrumental breaks I will cut out solos just so that it can stay a single album but uh, yeah that's that that is a decision for another day I am just I I finished the the last tune writing the lyrics to the last tune on Friday and I've just been I've been feeling very good about it because you know last year this time it was it, it just you know the the rug had been yanked and I did not I didn't feel like writing music at all for months. And based on what I've heard from a lot of a lot of colleagues in the field, uh, everybody was kind of feeling that way. Because, you know, it's like, are we all going to get this? Are we all going to be on ventilators? Are we all going to die alone? You know, on a Zoom call to our families is that what is that the fate that awaits us is that our night and yeah and so you just we just kind of hunkered down and of course there was the whole lighter side of it sort of like oh yeah i'm just getting into all these things that, that i'm you know netflix and and you know tiger king and and this that and the other thing and you know doing dances on tiktok and yeah trying to distract from the fact that this pandemic was going on outside our windows in our own cities in our own towns and we did not seem to be having um sage guidance in this we just had a guy who was who talked about what he thought was true at that moment yet could not be corrected on it because he's he was completely unequipped for that role uh you know he he his primary job before becoming president was to you know um lure investors into <laughs> giving him their money which by the even by the 80s uh people realized that, that was a a bad idea so he had instead of getting money from a small group of very wealthy investors he had to kind of generate this this larger group of people who didn't know him so what he had to do was manufacture a, rep a reputation and that's you know that led him into the white house people people believe duh and still believe to this day that he is a successful real estate mogul and yes he is he is a billionaire and yeah that's that's fine but 
I I think that if he had just had, if he had like conventional management of his assets instead of him being in charge of everything, he would be a lot richer. I think he'd be worth I don't know like twenty billion. But now it's like two to seven. I think that's the last. The last um, uh, I heard his uh, that his his personal wealth was, but yeah that. that and so now, and speaking of reputation, you know, that, it, you know, nobody cares that he's a real estate developer. What they care about is that he was president and either he was a, some people say, the greatest president in American history, or uh, those of us based more in reality would say the absolute worst uh, temperamentally unfit, uh, unable to rise to the gravity and seriousness of the office. Yeah, he was just the joke candidate that won. And that's what I say in Nixon times Nixon. So, hey, that's I tie that all up in one very, with a very nice bow. Uh, okay, so we're just going to, we're going to bring things to a close uh, for this week. If you want to go see Longboat's magnificent website, it's longboat.band. Um, what could be simpler, honestly? And um, and if you want to email me, it's a longboat podcast, all one word, at gmail.com to stream the works of Longboat. It's uh, longboat.bandcamp.com. Thank you once again for joining me. And as I always say, if you don't like this track, I have others. I will be back soon. Bye-bye.